young people to uh, be a part of the move of God in this hour. Very talented, very gifted. And uh, I honor this wonderful district for that. The district superintendent, Brother Davidson, the district secretary, Brother Roberts. How many of you are thankful just for apostolic leadership? Amen. 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 And uh, so thankful uh, for where this district is headed. And uh, see a lot of young people stepping out, being used by God. That's just so wonderful to see and witness. And um, uh, what a word from the Lord that we heard this morning by Brother Roberts. Amen. Amen. And. Uh, and. Uh, uh, I didn't get to hear Brother Maddox's message yesterday, but they all told me that it was along the same lines of uh, the vein that Brother Roberts was in this morning and I was in last night. God is doing something special in this camp. Amen. give honor to all the uh, session speakers. I give honor to you. And I uh, had a great time playing a little basketball this afternoon. And uh, my knee's a little sore, praise the Lord. Uh, but we had some fun. Um, for those of you that aren't aware, I've been uh, putting uh, the sermons that God gives me. I have been putting them in book format uh, so people can read them and purchase them across the world. And uh, it's been blessing people. It's been blessing pastors. I, I got some messages on social media from Austria with them holding those books in their hand from purchasing them. And uh, I told Brother Maddox uh, I didn't have the books with me this time, but I'm going to be shipping some to the Alabama district next week, about 25. And uh, whatever is made off of that book is going to go either to this district or She's for Christ. And amen. Amen. And, uh, and whatever I personally make off of the book online, Selling it for ten, twelve dollars. Uh, I make about four or five dollars off of each book that's bought, and uh, whatever I make, all of that money goes to She's for Christ. Amen. And uh, that's just the way it's going to be. I'm continue to put produce more sermons and book format it's blessing the body of Christ and I was just texting brother Carson uh, 
about the check that I'm going to be sending to him soon, and he's telling me to wait until Congress to send it as a sacrificial check, but I've already got $1,500 that's already going going to Shoes for Christ out of those books. Amen. And uh, so be on the lookout for that at uh, your camp meeting. And uh, uh, probably towards the end of it, they may make those available. Isn't that exciting? Amen. Well, why don't we open up our Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Those guys weren't showing me any mercy on the ball court this afternoon. Some of them were trying to embarrass me. Can you believe that? They were trying to embarrass me. Try to throw the ball between my legs. and <laughs> We had a lot of fun. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, if you have it, say amen. amen. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked. And behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Last scripture. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. I want to preach to you on this subject this evening, the God of Jacob, the God of Jacob. Why don't you lay your Bibles down? Everyone close your eyes, lift up your hands, and let's ask God to have his way in this place. Lord, I submit to you. I submit to your presence. I submit to your anointing. We are nothing without you. Give me revelation and understanding. Give them revelation and understanding. Quicken my spirit. Quicken their spirits. We subject ourselves to your presence. Have your way in this place. Touch every heart, every mind, every soul. Let there be a spirit of deliverance that would creep into this place. Help me, Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you clap your hands to the Lord?
Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The God of Jacob. Jacob's beginnings started before he was ever conscious. Before Jacob ever made a decision in his life, uh, he already had a tendency to do the wrong thing before he ever had any form of intellect. The Bible says that Jacob and Esau were in Rebekah's womb. And in Rebekah's womb, the Bible says that the children struggled together. That would define Jacob's whole life. His whole life was a struggle. Uh, before he ever came out the womb, he was already struggling. Before he ever made a decision, before he ever sinned, before he ever did anything, his life was already a struggle. And the Bible says in the midst of that struggle, after uh, when uh, Esau was being born first, his twin brother, in his unconscious state, Jacob reached out to grab Esau's heel because he wanted to be born first. Can't even think yet. Yet, he had a tendency to do the wrong thing. Come on, somebody. He's reaching for the birthright before he's born. Hello? Boy, I feel like preaching already. He's reaching for the birthright before he takes his first breath. He reached for Jacob's heel before he ever wanted to breathe. He had a tendency to do wrong before he ever even came out the womb. And the Bible says as these kids began to grow, and these kids began to grow together. Esau loved hunting, but Jacob loved cooking. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, he liked being in the house. Esau liked being in the field. And one day Esau is so tired out in the field, can I tell you, Esau and Jacob were raised in a dysfunctional family. Uh, how can you say that? Here's how they were dysfunctional. Rebecca loved Jacob. Esau, Isaac loved Esau. Dysfunction. When a parent has favorites. You're like, well, that's natural in my home. Well, that's dysfunctional. You live in a dysfunctional family. See, there's revelation already. Uh, 
That's not how God ordained the family to be. And Jacob is raised in the midst of that dysfunction where mama wants to spend all the time with him, but Isaac doesn't want to spend any time with him. He wants to spend time with Esau. And so Jacob gravitates towards mama and Esau gravitates towards daddy. Hello, dysfunction. Can't be comfortable with both parents. And Esau, he goes to the field and he gets so tired from being in the field that he's so hungry. Jacob says, hey, we got a some red porridge here, some, some red beans if you like it. Uh, but the thing is, you're going to have to give me your birthright. And the, the Bible says Esau longed for that same porridge, that same pottage, that same porridge. In other words, this wasn't the first time that Esau wanted, ate those beans. He continually was tired and he continually longed for that substance. So the Bible highlights a moment that Jacob has been watching Esau and he sees where Esau's desires lie. So Jacob decided to use it to meet his own desire. Give me your birthright and I'll give you those beans. What a decision. Esau's like, okay. And the Bible says that he wanted that same red porridge. And the Bible says, therefore, his name is called Edom. Edom means red. Esau was defined by what he pursued. And they're not called in the scripture, his descendants, they're not called Esauites, they're called Edomites because the decision that he made affected the generations and descendants behind him. And the next generation was defined by what the present generation pursued. That's why we have to watch what we go after. Let us go after the presence of God and the word of God over everything. Hallelujah. Uh, that's what brought down Solomon. Solomon, he had wives that were Edomites, and those Edomites turned his heart away from God. Come on, somebody, because they always pursued material things. Uh, they always pursued temporal things. Uh, they did not pursue the presence of God, uh, and that's what defined them. Uh, but I thank God that while Jacob, uh, while Esau was going after porridge, uh, Jacob was going after the angel, uh, and that's why they're called the Israelites because his descendants are defined by what he come on, give me somebody that pursues the supernatural give me somebody that pursues something and so Jacob gives him these beans and Esau 
sells his birthright for some red beans. And this is interesting because uh, he didn't despise his birthright when he sold it. Help me, Holy Ghost. Uh, the Bible says he didn't, he didn't despise his birthright while he was eating the beans. He didn't despise his birthright when he drank while he was eating the beans. He didn't despise his birthright when he rose up from the table after he finished the beans. The Bible says that Esau ate, Esau drank, Esau rose up, and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. He didn't despise his birthright until he went his own way. It was as if God was leaving a space of repentance while the beans were in his mouth. God was waiting for him to put the spoon down its hip. God was willing to hold back and let him keep it. But when Esau went his own way, God said he finally despised what I gave him. Can I tell you, it's not worth you selling your birthright to look like the world. It's not worth you selling your birthright for a little relationship. It's not worth you selling your birthright to fit in with the crowd. Come on, somebody. It's never too late to repent and get on the right track and turn back and say, I'm going to keep this thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so he, he despises the birthright. And after he despises the birthright, uh, what's interesting is after he despises it and Jacob winds up getting the blessing of God, uh, fooling his father. His father is old with age and dim with vision. And as he's old with age and dim with vision, uh, Jacob dresses up like Esau, and he wants the blessing because Isaac said, I want to bless Esau. I want to bless my oldest. So Jacob heard about it. He dressed up. Uh, he tricked his dad into blessing him. Esau he finds out about it. Now Esau wants to kill Jacob. I told you it was a dysfunctional family. <laughs> When you got siblings wanting to kill each other, not fight each other, kill each other, not fight, kill each other, not, not throwing rocks at each other, kill each other. That's just dysfunctional. Esau wanted to kill him. Esau wanted to kill him so Jacob escapes. When Jacob escapes after lying, that's what Jacob's name means, deceiver, usurper, supplanter. After Jacob leaves and goes uh, to Laban's house and he gets married and God is blessing everything that Jacob's hands touch. And while God is blessing Jacob, after about two decades, Jacob's ready to go back home and he knows he has to meet up 
Esau on the way. On this journey, on the way there, Esau hears about it, wants to meet Jacob. They, Jacob's men saw Esau's men, hundreds of men waiting for Jacob. Jacob's afraid. He sends his family over the Fort Jabbok. He prays. And while he's praying, a man wrestles with him that night. And as he's wrestling, that angel says, turn me loose for the day breaks. And Jacob said, I'm not letting go until you bless me. And that angel said, well, what's your name? Well, it's Jacob, supplanter, liar, deceiver. He said, no more shall your name be called Jacob. But it's going to be Israel. For as a prince, to prevail with man and with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He wrestles with that angel. That angel gives him a name change to Israel. And now he becomes Israel. Everybody calls him Israel. Everybody knows that's Jacob's ideal state of being in Israel. Israel, it defines that supernatural touch from God that can happen in an altar call. That can happen in a single moment when you get desperate. Jacob got so desperate, God gave him a new identity and named him Israel at that camp as he wrestled in prayer and wrestled in the altar calling everybody would know him by Israel. Everybody called him Israel. The Israelites to this day are called the nation of Israel. They are blessed by God, but it started with one man beginning to wrestle with God and wrestle with the supernatural in prayer. Something was distinct on him that would change him forever. Israel, everybody calls him Israel. That's that ideal state. That's that ideal calling. Everything that you've seen samples of God show you in the altar. That, that's that Israel moment huh, where you can see yourself operating in the call of God. Huh. You can see yourself praying people through to the Holy Ghost. Huh. You can see P7 clubs being started. Huh. You can see CMIs coming up on campus. Huh. You can see yourself teaching Bible studies. Huh. You can see yourself singing with an anointing. You can see your family being saved. You can see yourself being an example. Everybody has seen the taste of Israel where you know God has marked you and something is going to change in your midst. Everybody calls him Israel. But when we read in the text that I read to you, God speaking to Moses for the first time out of the burning bush. God says, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, not the God of Israel. He does not mention Israel. The ideal state of Jacob. God said to Moses, I am the God of Jacob. That man that struggled and lied and stole, I am still his God today. 
I will never forsake him. I will never turn my back on him. And you cannot fully appreciate him being Israel until you first understand that I was the God of Jacob before I ever became the God of Israel. What am I saying? He is the God of your imperfection. He is the God of your struggle. He is the God of your failures. He will not despise you. He will not throw you to the side. He will not abandon you. He said, I am still proud that you are, you are still mine. I feel like preaching to somebody right now. He said, I'm still the God of Jacob. Everybody tries to throw Jacob away, but you cannot appreciate what I did with him until you first understood what I saw in him and what I saw in Jacob, that even though he was imperfect, even though he made some mistakes, he still pursued me. And because he still pursued me, come on, that is what I admire in the midst of all of his doubts in the midst of all of his handicaps I am still his God and I am proud so I wish somebody would clap if you believe that I wish somebody would lift up their voice if you believe that I wish somebody would run if you believe that I wish somebody would dance if you believe that he is still your God in the midst of your struggle. Come on, somebody clap. I feel the Holy. I feel something beginning to break open. Somebody lift up their voice. I know you feel like a failure, but lift up your voice anyway. I know you feel like you've been struggling, but that's what God likes. In the midst of your struggle, you still have a praise. You still have a dance. You still have a shout. And God says, I am the God of Jacob here. I wish somebody would clap a little bit louder. But I'm struggling, Brother Jackson. We'll clap anyway. I failed before I came to camp, brother. I know he's still your God and clap anyway. Come on, somebody. Why do you think God called you? He didn't call you because you were perfect. He called you because he saw something in you that everybody else gave up on. But he said, you know what? I am his God in the midst of all the things he's I am the God of his doubts. I am the God of his fears. I am the God. I am Lord of all. And I won't throw any part of him away. I like him how he is. I like him how he is. I'm like him how he is. Because I can anoint that and make it into something that makes the world scratch their head. How did God pull that out of them? How did they preach like that? How did they dance like that? How do they worship? 
Come on, somebody, let out a shout. Don't you be ashamed of being Jacob because God said, I'm the God of your process and everybody has to go through a process before it gets fulfilled. Everybody talks about Israel, but God said, no, before he was Israel, I blessed everything he was before he became what he is. And you can't appreciate what he is until you remember, come on, everybody has a testimony that God was still there in the middle of your pain and He had to tell Moses, you got to understand, I'm still the God of Jacob. I still don't forsake what he was. And Moses, with your stuttering problem, with your insecurities, with you murdering that Egyptian Moses, I got to introduce to you what I did with Jacob so you can understand what I can do with you, Moses. Hey, I've never had a perfect vessel to work with. But those that availed themselves, those that come on somebody, those that still pursued in the midst of stumbling blocks, in the midst of failures, here you are, still reaching for the perth. I'm the God of Jacob. I'm the God of Jacob. He said that for every person here that disqualifies themselves from their call. He said that for every person here that feels like they can never be Israel because they're still Jacob. He said that for every person here that have disqualified yourself from ministry because you still have tendencies that you don't like. You still have failures that you don't like. And you say, God, wait till I'm perfect before you use me. But God says, no. I don't get glory. Come on, somebody. Out of just being the God of Israel, I'll let you go through a process. And I am proud to be the God of your process. I am proud to be the God. And I don't define you by your failures. I define you by your future. I don't define you by your problems. I define you by your potential. So let go and stop defining yourself by what's wrong and start Seeing what I see that is right. I wish Jacob would send up some high praise right now. I wish Jacob would send up some high praise right now. Come on, Jacob. Don't be ashamed. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Psalm 20 said, Psalm 20 and 1 said uh, that the God of Jacob shall defend you. (laughs) Not the God of Israel, the God of Jacob. 
whenever you're not doing right and whenever you're not being what you need to be and everybody else is forsaking you and they're throwing darts at you and the devil's uh, sending fiery darts your way to try to destroy you uh, with condemnation God said the God of Jacob uh, shall be there to defend you uh, and he won't let you be destroyed uh, with that guilt uh, he won't let you be destroyed uh, with that condemnation uh, he will defend you uh, when you feel like you should not be defended uh, he will love you uh, when you feel unloved uh, he will hold you uh, when you feel like nobody will hold you uh, he will defend you in your greatest struggle Hallelujah. Psalm 75 and 9 said, I will sing praises unto the God of Jacob. I will praise the God of Jacob because he looks at me as I am and he does not overlook or pass me by. He's drawn to me despite what I see in the mirror. He is still drawn to me even with all my temptations even with all of that darkness on the inside he still desires he's still attracted he's still a magnet to you I'm the God I am the God of Jacob he said that for every person here Every time an opportunity comes your way to do something, huh, you try to hide in the shadows huh, because you're afraid that you need to just work on yourself a little while longer huh, before you ever testify huh, and before you ever teach a Bible study. I'm talking to some people right now huh, that you've been ashamed of being Jacob huh, and you say, wait, huh, let me pray and struggle enough huh, until I'm Israel, huh, then you can use me. Huh. But the power of Jacob was huh, that even in in the midst of all of his doubts and inadequacies, he still had the courage to struggle. He still had the courage to come to youth camp. When he felt like a heathen, he still came through those double doors and said, God, you can do something in me if you'll just be patient, if you'll just love me a little bit more, if you'll just have long suffering on me. I'm the God. I'm the God. I'm the God of Jacob. I, I am the God of all of your inadequacies. I do not turn my back on you like others will. No, I run to you. Don't be afraid to pray to me. Don't be afraid uh, to linger in my presence. Don't be afraid uh, to come up front and pray. I am not uh, going. I'm not disappointed in you, Jacob. Uh, it's just your nature. Uh, you've had that nature since you were unconscious. Uh, before you came out of the womb, you had a tendency uh, to do wrong. Uh, but I pride myself in the process. I pride myself by beginning to take out those things that are trying to hinder you. Come on somebody and start perfecting and sanctifying you in the process. I'm talking to young people here. I'm talking to young people here that you've had a burden to do something for God but you're surrounded by people that just keep on reminding you that you're Jacob. They keep on reminding you about your mistakes and what you did wrong. And they try to put you on a probationary period and say you got to wait five years. you got to wait till you're in your late 30s before you start getting the courage to obey God. Stop using your age as an excuse for disobedience. Come on, somebody. Why don't you obey now and see what happens? Come on, 
I wouldn't be here if I listened to everybody that told me I was too young. Come on, somebody. Even in my youthfulness, I still had the courage to lift a hand up every now and again. I'm the God. I'm the God of Jacob. The call of God, when God gives a call, the call is on top of the mountain. The call is on top of the mountain, and you haven't even started the journey yet. You're at the base of the mountain with all of your baggage. You look up to the call of God, but you see where you are presently with all of your baggage and stuff. And some of y'all have said to yourselves, I will not start the journey because the call is too far up the mountain. But when you start the journey with all of your baggage on your way up the mountain, there comes a spot where if you're going to take another step, you're going to have to be willing to let go of some of that baggage. And when you let that baggage go, you start the journey again. Then there comes another spot. If you're going to get to the call, you're going to have to have the courage to let go of some more baggage and then start your journey again. But now you reach another spot and you see you're almost to the calling. But now if I'm going to get there, I'm going to have to let go of some more baggage. Can I tell you, it is the call of God that will sanctify you into being what you are supposed to be. Come on. And when you get up there, there's not going to be no baggage anymore. But it started when you had the courage to start the journey, even in the middle of everything you're carrying. You have to start the journey with the baggage or you'll never start the journey with the baggage. See, some of you are so focused on the baggage, you can't see your calling. And so you come to camp and you glance up every now and again at the calling, but you're so focused on the baggage. And you tell yourself, you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, once I get rid of all this baggage, then I'll start the journey. Ten years later, you're still frustrated because you still have baggage. You don't have, uh, the baggage will not go away uh, until you start the journey. If if I'd have waited to to pursue the ministry, come on somebody. If I'd have waited to pursue the ministry after I dropped the baggage of college basketball, I would still be playing basketball. And I'm saying, wait, when I'm done with this, then I can be used by God. But even while I was playing college basketball, I was teaching Bible studies and I was praying for people. And all of a sudden, as I started the journey with all of my baggage, all of us, I noticed that this was weighing on me. And if I'm going to get up there, I'm going to have to let this to come on somebody. It started. The baggage came off when I started the journey. There's still 
There's still things that the Holy Ghost is taking off of me. There's still things that the Holy Ghost is lifting off of me. And it's happening as I pursue the calling. I don't get discouraged by little things in my life that I want to make into the image of God. I don't get discouraged. I just use it as fuel to go into prayer. I just use it as fuel to depend on the Lord in prayer and fasting. Come on, somebody. That's why I get in the Word because I know I'm not perfect. Come on, somebody. I know I don't have it all together. That's why I need Him. I need Him to help me. The Holy Ghost said there are people here that have a lot of baggage and they are scared to start the journey. They're scared to start the climb because they want to get rid of some stuff in their life first. Woo. But you will not have the determination to give it up. If you don't start the journey, you just stay there among the baggage with no courage or fuel to get rid of it. But it's when you lift your eyes up and you see what God is calling you to be. That's when all of a sudden you say, you know what, I'm going to take a step and I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to see what happens. Hebrews 12 talks about let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. Let us run this race with patience. I got to tell I got to minister to you. He said, lay aside every weight and the sin. What Paul was alluding to was a Greek race. Listen to me. In those Greek races, who I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Those Greek races, they would train before the Olympics. And a part of their training, the standard was they had to carry three-pound weights in each hand. And they would train themselves for days and days and weeks and months for the Olympics by holding those three-pound weights in their hands, training and preparing for the Olympics. But Paul said... Lay aside the weight. Preparation time is over. It's time to enter the race. No person could go to the Olympics with weights in their hand. They had to drop the weights because it's time to get in the race. Paul said, Paul said there's a danger of overtraining and overpreparing. Aristotle called it evil. He said there is an evil of overtraining. Perfectionism is the enemy of obedience. Let me get it perfect before I start, but it will never start. 
me get my prayer life together before I start. Hello? Let, let me get, let me, let, let me, let me, let me read the word some more before I start. Let me ask you a question. You go to 200 services a year. How many more services you need before you feel qualified enough to enter the race? Come on, somebody. You receive an affirmation every time you come to camp when you're just going to do something. But Brother Jackson, if I do something now, if I do something now, I, I, I feel like I could fail. That's why he said, let us run this race with patience. In other words, uh, there's going to be stumbling blocks. There's going to be failures. Uh, but at least you're in the race. Come on, somebody. At least you're in the race. Just start the journey. Let him be the God of Jacob, huh? Start the race. Start the race. You, you ready? You know more word than you think you know. Let me tell you, you know word, more word than people in your school. Uh, you know more word than people on your campus. Uh, you know more word than people on your job. What are you afraid of? Come on, somebody. All you need to know is Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Uh, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, for this promise is unto you and unto your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You know more word than your professor. You know more word than your, come on somebody. You have the truth. You have the revelation. Let him be the God where you are. He said it's time to, it's time to lay aside the weight. Just lay it aside. You've been training for six camps. You've been to coming to camp for six years. Uh, and here you are training with weights. You, you got so much spiritual muscles uh, that you don't even recognize because you keep looking in the mirror uh, and seeing how everything wrong with you. Uh, you don't even recognize what God sees on you in the spirit. Uh, I'm preaching to you right now. Uh, stop underestimating yourself uh, and just have the courage uh, to leave the weights at the altar. Come on now and leave this camp. Come on, somebody, and start operating in your ministry and start operating in your anointing. Uh, I want you to grab the person's hand next to you right now. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to see yourself operating in your ministry. I want you to see yourself. I want you to see God using you. I want you to see God anointing you as you are and not as what you're going to be. I want you to see the hand of the Lord coming upon you in the midst of your inadequacies, in the midst of your failures, in the midst of everything that's wrong with you. I want you to see the oil of God coming down on you.
something, something just deep and worshipful. Something, something worshipful, and you can bridge into whatever after that. Come on, Jacob. That's it. God's using you right now, Jacob. God's using your hands right now. Come on, pray for that person nearby you. You are strengthening them with your walk right now. That's it, Jacob. Have the courage to lay your hands on them. Have the courage to speak prophecy over them. That's it, Jacob. God's anointing you right now. God's using you as you are right now. Come on, Jacob. Come on, Jacob. Lay your hands on that person's head next to you right now. I know you don't feel worthy, Jacob. I know you feel like you need to pray more. But, Jacob, lay your hands on the person's head near you right now. Lay your hands on their head and start doing ministry. God wants to anoint you as you are right now, Jacob. I know you feel unworthy, Jacob, but lay your hands on their head right now and pray for God's anointing to be on them.
Even when I don't see your work, even when I don't feel your work, and you never stop, you never stop working, you never stop, you never stop working, even when I don't see your work, even when I don't feel your work, and you never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, your work. And even when I don't feel it, your work. And you never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, your work. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it,